Yo, what's going on? We're back with another episode of School in the Game podcast. It's your boy, School. Here with my guy, Beans, too. What's going on, y'all? What's the word? What up, what up Gangster? You just can't hear me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm <good>. like, <laughs> you went out. I'm like, what's, what's good with the delay? Oh, I went out. For a second, yeah. Oh, you got the bad Wi Fi? Nah, it's these headphones. Nah, don't blame the headphones. <laughs> don't do that. You crazy. Oh, you got some glasses on, yo. Yo, mind your business, yo. The glare of your glasses got... hurting my eyes, bro. Take them shit through. <laughs> <laughs> Kids got bad eyesight now, man. Kids getting old. Yeah, now I do. Takes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Take them shit through. <laughs> so you want me to be blind. All right. Got you. You know what? Because you my we, man's enough. Yeah, we just talking. You don't need to see the talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my glasses on so you can hear me. So, yeah, you like, 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 like I wasn't just reading the topics in the chat. I, but. I don't know what you were doing when your screen was off, bro. I couldn't tell. I just told you. All right, but yeah, I got it. Oh, shit, man. <laughs> of adulting. Where we starting? Oh, uh, we got to get into the case, man. You know, that's the, the hot topic right now. Chosen case. One of the hot topics. Yeah. Chosen. You say this nigga name. So how did y'all feel about that verdict? It was unexpected, but expected at the same time. I don't really know how to describe it because it was what it was supposed to be, but we didn't really expect for it to happen like that. How did y'all feel about it? I mean, I mean, for me, it, it, I feel good that it, it, you know, it, it went the way we wanted it to go. But like you said, like the whole time you on the edge of your seat, like knowing that it's a possibility that. They could they could say he's not guilty or you know what I mean, and um, of course we 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 would rather have George Floyd alive, but you know it's it's good that this case went the way it did, and you know what I mean he's getting that time. Um, well, we don't know how much time yet, right? They didn't they didn't say. Uh, what uh, yeah. Jackson Jackson just said it was going to be June sixth, June sixteenth. I think they said the sentencing was June. Sheesh, that's a minute from there. That's crazy. Yeah. That's from a legal perspective, because, um, like, why is it such a delay with sentencing? No idea. Anybody know? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this case is different at all, but I know he chose to have the sentencing done by the judge as the a judge. Court, yeah. Uh, the jury. So I'm, I guess it probably gives the judge time to make an informed decision. I'm sure that's not the only case that you got to deal with so True. you probably need time to just make sure you're doing the right thing i was curious so you'll hear about like being inverted but then right. something happens you know a couple months later i was just curious as to why like what's the delay but yeah. it makes sense if he's you know if he not that's not the only case going mm-hmm. on at the time so he could be busy and trying to get shit together yeah i think most of the time if they're in jail they're gonna be in jail for a good period of time so by the time they get to sentencing, it's not like their time would have been up. So it don't yeah. that much of a difference. What are you about to say? Ain't to got the... So what? What were you about to say? I, th- I thought you were about to jump in. No, I was just saying that you know how you we've seen cases like this before in the past where it seems kind of obvious on what the verdict should be and it's going the opposite direction. 
So I think that's kind of how it was like expected, but it's not expected because you're like, I know how it should go. Everyone knows how it should go. But we've all seen and heard this story before. So it's nice to see that they got it right this time. For me, it's kind of like a weird feeling, I guess, because just going through the whole process is so traumatic. It feels like a win, but it doesn't feel as good as it should, I guess. Because we had to, like, why do we even need this trial? We all watched the video of him literally murdered in front of our eyes. So to sit here and have to go through the trauma of a trial and all the nonsense that the defense was trying to bring up and, you know, blaming it on him just to only hope to get the right verdict. It's like, it just added more stress on our lives for me. And I only watched a tiny bit of it because I couldn't even do it. Just slapping the face with you. Yes. I don't know. And then, well, I want to jump ahead, but you can't even really appreciate that victory because the same night, it's like something else happening. So it's like, when do we get a chance to just take a second and breathe and enjoy the victory, even though it don't feel like a victory? It's been something literally every day since then. And I mean, I know it's always something every day, but it's like, it's literally been like, yo, just throwing at us every day since that case, and that shit's crazy. I mean, it's a legal system. I mean, everybody got their right to a fair trial, and they got to present, you know, what they got to, what they feel is good enough to win their client the case. So, you know, it sucks. Like, that should have been open and shut case. I was actually, um, like, once I realized that the verdict came really quick, I think it was under, like, 10 hours or something like that. Yeah. Um, I... Once I, once I realized how long it took and how fast it took for them to come to a, um, a verdict, I know that we had that we had got the victory and in the, in the decision that we wanted. Um, if it would have lasted like a day or another day or so, like uh, longer, then it would have been some funny shit going on. But like I said before, like I couldn't um, turn away from the trial, so I watched it. I'll say about I watched about an hour of it every day. Um, and I got home from work just to keep, you know, abreast and updated as to what was said and what was going on and what was being presented. But yeah, like, you know, like I said, the legal system, you know, defense got a job to do, prosecution got a job to do. And, and it's kind of crazy just all that it took for us to get this, like, conviction because I always think, like, hypothetically, if we didn't have that video and we were just told what happened, he would have never went to jail. The only reason he's going to go to jail for however long is because everybody got to sit and watch him do it. And also because, like we were talking about before, when it happened, we were at the, like the beginning of the pandemic. So everybody was home. Everybody watched it happen. And there was worldwide protests when it happened. So it was just yeah. like a perfect storm of things coming together for it to happen this way. And if they hadn't, it might have been the same outcome as we are used to getting. And another thing that was very different about this case is that you had other officers that were willing to come and to basically testify against them. So I was going to ask too, like from a law enforcement perspective, that's pretty rare, right? You rarely ever get cops that are going to testify against other cops. I mean, just from a professional standpoint, I mean, they would have to, they would probably get to the peanut then just but definitely like, I think they had the training officers come in and I think they had, I think it was like some somebody from the chain of command, whether it was like the chief or a high ranking person came in and stuff like that. I mean, like people like that get subpoenaed in 
So whether they like it or not, they have to come in. Yeah, but I'm, if I'm correct, they had officers that weren't even like related to that office that came from different parts of the country to speak on what happened in that case. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so they I had volunteers, right? Um, I believe so. Um, so I know they had, I think, a use of force expert from LAPD. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they had they had him come in and pretty much explain um like how use of force goes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much I wouldn't say a blanket statement across the board from all police departments, but it's pretty similar across the board. Um, I would say somebody like him, he definitely I don't think he would have got subpoenaed. And I think, and I'm not too sure, but I'm pretty sure that was something like where yeah, he came was, in voluntarily and did. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like you, something really bad has to happen for other law enforcement agents from across the country to want to come in and to talk about something like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even when it, when it first initially happened, um, like I've always had, I've had the conversation with you guys where like, I say on my social media, I have like both sides of the spectrum and stuff. Even like a lot of the law enforcement I follow, like old coworkers, current coworkers, um, like other, like even, I would say like, I won't say famous, but, widely known law enforcement people like across social media. I'll say the consensus across the board when it first happened was just like, nah, that was wrong. There was no like, oh well, see the whole video or you gotta hear his side. Like I would say across the board for the most part, the consensus was like, that's not what you do. Like that's not what I would have done. And everybody was kind of against it for the most part. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it, it's very it's very rare for something like that the situation happens a use of force, deadly force, shooting, whatever it is, where it's law enforcement kills a civilian, where it's overwhelmingly where most law enforcement opinion on it is like he was wrong. It's usually it's usually half and half or a lot of back and forth on who was wrong and who did what. So from your timeline, people may or may not have been talking about it, but were there any comments about the other officers that were at the scene and what they should have done if they were right or they were wrong for watching him do that and not doing anything to save George Floyd's life, just allowing him to go ahead and kill him? Yeah, I mean, I like I've said something about that too personally, and then I I think I remember reading a couple other guys saying like other officers just stepped in whether they had to drag him off him to get him to get off home. That's what they should have done. Because, I mean, I've seen, it's funny, I was watching a video not too long ago of an officer. It was three officers, and they were trying to arrest a female and had her in handcuffs, but she, like, was kind of fighting not to get handcuffs, like, tightening up on her. And, like, pushed her to the ground, and she went to kick one of the officers. And the other officers started punching her in the face. And literally one of the officers that was there with them tackled the other officer and pushed him. Like pretty much, you could tell it was like to get him to stop punching in the face, and then they did what they had to do to get her handcuffed. But the officer like deliberately stopped him from punching in the face. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to like belabor this point. So if that happens, like you have to address your fellow officer out there like that. What's the conversation between y'all like after that? Like what happened? Because you're kind of showing them up at that point. I mean, no, it's not. Uh, for me, it's not showing them up. It's just. A conversation we had, like, yo, that wasn't necessary. Like, she was at least from at least that video itself. She was, for the most part, under control, but she started tossing a little bit, and it's three officers. 
there's no reason why you should start punching somebody in the face. And you have three officers. She's generally under control. She just started kicking and stuff. So there's no point to start punching somebody in the face. Now, the conversation to be had is depend on officer to officer. Me personally, I'm having a conversation and be like, yo, that's unnecessary. You don't need to punch somebody in the face. You don't need to go that excessive with force when the situation doesn't deem it. So, I mean, they can go a lot of ways having that conversation. More, I think it's a matter of uh, holding each other accountable. You know what I mean? Like, I think it, need, I need, it needs to be more of that um, yeah. with, with officers, you know what I mean? Like, because that it could have been stopped. You know what I mean? Like, they could have yeah, pushed definitely. them off or whatever the case was. He, come on, man. You, anybody could see that. No, it's not right holding somebody down that long on their neck. And then even you can you can hear if y'all watch some of the body cam footage that they had during the case, you can hear one of the officers say, do you think we should turn them on the side? So at some point, the conversation happened between, well, not conversation, but it was mentioned from one of the officers, like, hey, should we turn them on the side? And it never happened. So, I mean, it, I feel like it was should have been, one of the officers should have been aware enough to look down at George Floyd and be like, hey, this guy's not breathing. To be able to say something like, hey, like turn him on his side or whatever you had to do from him not being able to breathe or whatever they had to do, whether it was to physically move him off of him, whether it was verbally to yell at him like, hey, like this guy's not breathing. It's an unfortunate situation all around. I'm gonna say the fact that he even got to that point, it shouldn't have been yeah. happening, but that's another. It's another angle to get into at another day or whenever. I think to school's point, um, we always talk about bad cops and a lot of people say, oh, well, there's only a handful of bad cops. But I think the image of cops would be a lot better, at least in our community, if we saw more of situations where one cop is doing something wrong and we see another cop step in like, nah, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's not how you should handle it. Then we wouldn't have this mantra of, yeah, you might not be a bad cop, but you're also not stopping the bad cop. So right. Just as much as a problem. Yeah. I mean, to to go against, well, not go against the point, but the, I don't want to say go against it, but there are times where that happens, maybe not to a so extreme where it's a use of force or shooting or something like that, but there's been times where you'd be on a call and you're talking to somebody, if it's whether it's domestic, car accident, or whatever the case is, and you're talking to a person, they were all hyped up. Say if it was a car accident, they're yelling and screaming, saying it wasn't their fault and it was the other person's fault. And one officer is able to calm them down and talk them down and kind of relate to them with the car accident and calm the situation down. And then you have another officer pull up to help out with whether it's traffic or something. And that officer decides to open his mouth and yell something like, oh, like, you shouldn't have been speeding or blah, blah, blah. And just pretty much antagonize the person and all something, the situation's right back to that person being annoyed, yelling and screaming. And then there's been times where I'll turn and be like, hey, like I got the situation. You don't need to say anything. Everything was calm before you got here. You don't need to talk. You don't need to say nothing to help me with traffic. So, I mean, there's situations like that where it's not so elevated to the point where it's like using force or something like that or even just a conversation with somebody, how they're talking to somebody, where I've been saying countless times where I've been on a call where it's like, 
I know how to talk to people. I know how to relate to people. Another officer shows up and they don't know how to talk to people. And I'm like, nah, I got it. Like, I got this person off the side. They've calmed down or whatever it is. And I got them. Or even just use a force situation where you try to handcuff somebody and another officer comes over and not so much like punch them in the face or shooting somebody, but just someone maybe a little too rough with the handcuffs. And you're just like, ah, nope, I got them. Like, I'll put them in the wagon. I'm, I've been here for an hour. I've had a conversation with them. They fooled me. You don't have to be so rough with them thinking like they're going to try to start running or something like that. So there are instances where cops, I wouldn't say per se, are checking the bad cops, but there's instances where, I don't know how to explain it, but people always look at the extreme situations where it's on video and like, oh, well, the good cop, there are no good cops. They never stop in and stop the bad cops where there's other situations that aren't reported, that aren't posted on social media, that aren't blasted all over the internet and throughout the world where cops step in and stop smaller situations from happening that would be deemed as good cops or stepping in and stopping the bad cops that just aren't as publicized. I was going to say, like, we don't get those videos. Um, we get all the negative and the bad ones. We see, we see the, the, the videos with the cops being overly excessive and doing the most unreasonable stuff, but we don't get the other the good cop videos or the cops yeah. holding another cop accountable. Like, I think we got it maybe two, three days after George Floyd passed away when we was a runner like social media post where this chief in Atlanta was checking this cop because he was screaming at the crowd and this one was checking that. Yeah. Like we got that for maybe two, three days and that was about it. Like I haven't personally I haven't seen like a good cop video or, or a cop holding another cop accountable type of post or video since then. I mean like stuff stuff like that isn't really recorded like that. I mean you have extreme situations like i said with the shooting and stuff like that that'll get posted and the media like it's on the nine o'clock news and stuff like that but like i said the the good cops checking bad cops per se isn't honestly the media's not going to post it around it's not going to sell it's not going to get views so negativity and drama sells like i did it yeah but at the same time like that's part of the problem because we only see this one side the view of cops and then it's already before the before the cops even get to the situation it's already elevated just off the strength yeah. of what you've processed and what you've seen beforehand like you're not so much like you're already expecting it to go left. yeah that's definitely a fair point um going back to till's point just real quick I think you talked about some cops just not know how to talk to people. And I'm sure that's across the board for certain cops, but there's also certain cops that I've seen that do know how to talk to people when it's certain people. And when it's us, they don't necessarily know how to talk to us. And therefore we need more black cops like you who can step in and say, I got this. I can talk to him because I can, I can understand him. I can relate to him when you got these other cops that are living in other cities, never, had to be an inner city like that that don't know how to relate to us and don't know how to talk to us. Yeah, not that. I mean, that definitely is one of one of the issues. And like when I say I know how to talk to people, like I wouldn't say I just black people know how to talk to. No, I, I would you, just say well, I. I'm not saying you just black people. I'm saying, but you could talk to a black person in some situations 
better than some cops who have whatever bias they have or can't relate as well. Yeah. And it's, I mean, some of it is biased, and at the same time, some of it is just like they just don't have the people skills to like to relate to someone in the inner city, whether it's not even a bias, just because they were they came from New Hampshire or they came from Montana, and now they're doing police work in the inner city. They don't know how to relate to people in certain situations. So I mean, but that's I, that's but, hard for me to accept because that's not a people skill. A people skill would be across uh, the board. I mean, some people know how to people. You can't talk to people. Like, I mean, so I would say in a situation like, I'm trying to give you an example where like an inner city like police situation where someone will be called where like a cop from that was born and raised in like Nantucket somewhere wouldn't be able to relate to it. Even like something down to like a noise complaint to like, uh, I would say, I can't think of nothing right now. But like I've I've seen situations where like it's not even to a point where the cop doesn't have people skills. Like cop have people skills, nicest cop in the world, not not any kind of bias or like racist cop or anything like that. They just don't wouldn't know how to relate to the situation because they don't know how to talk. To, I mean, to break but don't know how to talk to black people in certain situations. Like <laughs> honestly, it's that situation. Okay, so like a block party or something like that, right? So you know how they'll have block parties in the city and like people be parked all over the street and somebody, a neighbor call, somebody blocking their driveway or something like that, right? So say one cop shows up and their first response is to tow every vehicle on that block, right? And everybody's getting pissed off at the block party because all something they see they tow them, they car getting towed away. For me, or some any other cop that grew up in the inner city, black, white, and different, if they grew up in the inner city and they know how like block parties go, they're gonna find a block party. They're gonna find wherever the DJ booth is at. They're gonna find whoever's in charge of the party and be like, yo, all these cars on your street, tell them if they're not gone in like 30 minutes, they're gonna to get towed. Can we post that clip or not? Chill out, chill out, chill out, chill out. Chill out Does this apply for out. pool parties too or not? Just black chill, 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 chill. <laughs> no, so like a situation like that, so something like that, if people start seeing a tote, their car getting towed away, like that's going to escalate the whole situation. But if I, if I go and say, yo, like I understand it's a block party, I understand it was sanctioned by the city, whatever, but you can't be blocking people's driveway. Whether it's one car, 10 cars, you're like, hey, if I tell somebody, go to Blue Nissan, got to go, find whoever car this is in the party and tell them they got to move it. Situations like that, you're like, all right, yo, I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving, good look, yo. Something like that is, very simple to, to happen. No harm, no foul, they move the car, party keeps going. Or the other cop who doesn't know how to deal with that kind of situation, who doesn't deal with block parties, or people have a bunch of people park outside their house, blocking driveways and stuff, but they grew up in the mountains or somewhere, they wouldn't know how to deal with that situation or like that. Right. So even that, I feel like it's that, you're talking about dealing with the situation as opposed to dealing with the people. Like, you know how but to handle but the situation. That's, but that's a cultural thing, though. I think that's that's a cultural thing when it comes to like I, I know I can go in that party and be like, "Yo, like tell somebody to be on Somebody that just knows, I know that I can tow this car is going to just tow that car because rightfully so they can tow the car for block the driveway, and they're not in the wrong. But there's a different way to handle the situation without having to escalate. 
No, let me let me ask you this. You take you take the situation, you take the black party situation, right? You have a white black party and a black black party. You send a white officer to both. Are those situations gonna go the same? They everybody both situations, they black in driveways, they black in do you think it's gonna I, go the same? I, I can't answer. I, I can't answer. I can't, I, it, it depends. Like I don't. I don't know. I, I honestly can't answer that for every. It's not. I can't give you a blanket statement for every officer. I, I take that. That's fair. Now, now if you want to say like they, if you want to start talking about biases and stuff, talking about, oh well, if it's a black neighborhood, they're gonna be biased of like, oh well, they shouldn't be out here anyway, and tow all the cars or tow that car in the driveway. And then they're in the white neighborhood and they're having a party and they're like, oh, well, somebody would eventually kind of add to having that kind of bias. I mean, if that's what you're trying to get at, then I'm sure there's other, there's cops out there with that kind of bias, yeah. I think that might be a good place to uh, kind of segue into the what we're going to talk about next, because when it comes to the shooting in Ohio, I, I forget the girl's name. I know it starts with an M. Makaya. Uh, okay. Hi, Brian. Yeah, she's 16. And I've seen... This is kind of one of those situations where black people have been divided a little bit because it's not as clear cut as some of the other situations. But I have seen people say, in terms of what we're talking about just white and black, if it had been a 16 year old white girl, even in the same exact predicament, would they have used the same amount of force? So, just initial thoughts like, what did you guys think when you saw that video or heard about another shooting the same day as the, the verdict? Just hearing about it. When I first heard about it, right after the Floyd verdict went through, you kind of initially were like, oh, like, damn, like, we can't even get a break. Like, literally minutes after the Floyd that we, I heard about it. But I didn't see video until the next day. Um, and then watching the video definitely put things in different perspective for me. Um, like, I saw the, like I said in the chat, I saw the sped up version, the real time version, and I saw the um, slow down version. And like I said, like I, I just find it, I just try to put myself in like fam my family in that situation as best as I could to try to relate to it. And for starters, the first thing I saw was that there was, I think I counted maybe six or seven adults or people outside um in the beginning just letting them do whatever um like you don't know what happened prior to before you, or you're looking is that the footage that happened in that that time space um so and then you see two of the girls kind of chilling or calm and then you see her come out with the knife and she's trying to stab one and then she falls to the ground, but she tries to get on top of her and stab. And then I want to say an adult, but it came out, maybe it was the father or whoever, or somebody. I know there was an adult. I heard, I, I was seeing places saying that the, the guy you talk about that was trying to like. Yeah, the guy in the gray. I was saying, I, was I seen some reports saying that was her father. Okay. So whether father or adult in general, there's a kid on the ground. And you see him clear as they try to take her head off, try to kick her head off. And then while he's doing that, you see the girl go and try to stab the other girl. Like, this is all happening, like, actively. It's just, I, 
The force, I don't, like I said, I'm not a cop. I don't know what the change in command, how force is supposed to go, but I'm seeing somebody actively trying to kill this person with all kind of malice and intent. I gotta, I feel like as a cop, you would want to stop that, right? You would want to protect some, you would protect, protect life at all costs if you can, right? Like, like I've been seeing the splits on yes, like like what else, like what would you do in that doing that? See the other side, like nah, like that force was too much, like like you said, in the white situation putting a white female, white girl in that situation, would it happen? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not one to put all cat cops in the same bucket and say they all are this way. Um call me crazy, but I feel like there are good cops out there and there are good cops that make the right decision for that moment in that split second. You don't want to see lost life and you don't want to see another one of yours be gunned down. But it's like, it was hard for me to just like, is the act is active crime going on with all kinds of intent and force behind it. Like it wasn't about, she wasn't trying to tap her or just poker. She was trying to end lives. And as the adults out there standing watching that happen, like my daughter's not getting out the house with that knife. I don't know what the situation, like you said, I don't know what the situation was before, who called and was confirmed. Who I don't know what happened. All I know for that split three minute video, whatever, how many long it was, I seen adults standing around. I seen adults let her come out and I saw what ended up happening. I seen something where it said the foster mom had like the the two older girls or however many older girls come over to fight her. Uh, like the foster mom pretty much told like the older girls to fight her. That was one story I read. I don't know how true it is. Yeah, I read that too. It's, and that's part of the problem. It's always so much, so many different stories. You never really know what's the what really happened. Um, yeah. But in that moment, I don't know if it is going to affect how the cop reacts in any situation. You pull up and you see that happening, you gotta make a decision in a split second. Right, because my thought process was if he shows up and that's happening and then he lets her go on and stab and kill those two girls. Then it's, why didn't he do something to stop it? Why didn't he do anything? Why didn't nobody do anything to stop it? Or the other situation is if she comes out and kills those two girls and then he shoots her, What's the what's the issue there too? It's just like I guess like I'm all about preserving life as much as I can. Like my my biggest thing, my I hate to kind of go into the whole like law enforcement cops off that run on forever about it, but my thing, I I don't know what he did prior to when we what the video we saw, but knowing how to like knowing responding to like fights outside of houses where it's like four, five, six, maybe 20 people outside fighting. When I roll up in my car, I'm blaring the lights, I'm blaring the horn, making sure people know that I'm there. That way, like, if they're fighting, usually they stop fighting and people start scattering. Yeah. So at least that's, that's I've responded to countless situations like that. You start blowing your horn, hitting your lights, you start, other cop cars start showing up, making it known that they're coming down the street or 
pulling up around the corner. Usually people stop fighting and start scattering and start talking like, oh, this person did this, this person did that. And like, I don't know if that's what he did when he pulled up. Um, it seemed like they didn't know he was there. Yeah, that's what, that's, you know what for I mean? me, that's what looked like because like he kind of got out the car and like they still tussling and fighting. And granted, sometimes you blow your horn, blow your lights, you can do anything, get on that PA, and people still keep fighting. They, they but more, way. yeah. But more often than not, you start doing that, people start scattering. Whether it's a party, a fight, or whatever. So I don't know if that's something he did, something he didn't do. But I mean, right. I I'm under the assumption that he kind of just rolled up there, cold, and just kind of hopped out and was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And just kind of walked into like it was kind of in his face. Because you heard him when he first got out of his car. He was like, hey, what's going on? And next thing you know, it's two people tussling, coming towards him. And then you can kind of hear his escalation in his voice where he went from like, hey, how's it going? To like, stop, stop, stop. And you see what happened after that. You've seen a knife. Um, forgot it. I keep forgetting their name. Makaya. What's her name? Makaya. He sees Makaya Bryant with the knife. He shoots her and then unfortunate situation all the way around and it sucks that at least one what sounds like from the backstory is like she was the one who called or it was somebody on pretty much on her side that was calling for her saying like hey these girls are over here trying to fight and stab her and then you get even more of the backstory where it's like her foster mom tried to have the girls fight her and it's the backstory to it extremely unfortunate and the timing of it right as the verdict for for the Derek Chauvin case comes like the timing is terrible and everyone is kind of in that mindset of like blocking up cops and cops are bad and then this situation happens it automatically goes to well another mother another black person being shot by a cop and it's not so much the same situation as like their Chauvin situation where it's like, like Burke said, you have somebody actively trying to stab somebody. And it comes to the situation of like, what, what should the cop have done if not try to stop somebody who's trying to actively stab somebody with a knife, which is considered a deadly weapon just as much as a gun is considered a deadly weapon. So it's, it could have happened a whole bunch of different ways. Like I said, it could have showed up, blared a horn, people started scattering, that could have never even happened. Whether he did that or not, I don't know. He could have, like people were saying, he could have used his taser. In that situation, it was like a blink of an eye. It was kind of like almost a reactionary thing at that point where it was like, you see within, I think the video was how long? Maybe 20 seconds. And then he, he probably had, from when he seen her with the knife to when he started when she went to try to stab the other girl, maybe like five, six seconds. If that. So it's kind of like, at least I would say 95% of cops are trained. I don't, I can't speak to all cops. A knife is a deadly weapon. You respond to deadly force with deadly force. A taser isn't considered deadly force. So from, like I said, 95% of the cops, due to training, you're going to respond to a knife with deadly force, which would be a firearm and not a taser. So, and then there's the whole argument where like, oh, he was shot in the leg, or he could have shot her to injure, but he didn't have to shoot her four times. <clears throat> if you've ever seen videos of people with knives and 
not even just knives, so like any kind of weapon or just or um, even getting tased where people will walk through getting shot directly in the chest or walk through getting tased. It's it's not it's not feasible to shoot somebody in the leg and assume they're gonna stop trying to stab somebody. And plus you got the femoral artery in the leg, which would be more deadly sometimes to get shot in the chest. So it's it's kinda I understand people are upset about the whole situation and they feel like it should have happened differently. But at the same time, it's like, it's only so much that only so much information that officer had to go off of in that 20 seconds he, he stepped out of his car and everything kind of happened so fast. Cause I know it, like you said, it happened fast, but do you think him just straight shooting like that was also reckless because there were other people around? Like he could have literally shot. I mean, I know, you know, of course he's yeah. training, but still, in that moment, like he could have shot three people. You know what I mean? Like, so, so I, so I, this was one thing I've always said to people, like when that, when it, when it deemed possible, when I was in situations like responding to calls and stuff, I always start like this. I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but what would you have wanted the cops to do in that situation? I ain't got an answer, but I mean, I was just, most, I was just asking. Most, no, 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 no. I, I get you just asking, but like, I always, I always preference that question to people because they always have like, oh, he shouldn't have done this, he shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. And my response to them, like, I always, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but if you have a better idea of what he should have done, please, by all means, give it to me. It's not always a deadly force situation or something like that. Shooting, it could be domestic, car accident. And I'm always like, hey, like, if you can come up with something better for me to do than what I'm doing right now, please tell me I'll do it. Yeah. But in that situation, it's like, all right, was it reckless to shoot when it was like, what, 15, maybe 20 other people out there? Or, or the, a bunch of people in a close area, even the person she was trying to stab with right there. So it's like he could even shot her mistakenly. But at the same time, it's like, what do you do? He does not shoot and she gets stabbed, doesn't try to taser, taser misses, only one shot in the taser before you got to reload. She gets stabbed, she gets killed, you shoot her in the leg. You shoot her in the leg, she still got her arms, she's stabbing. There's a million ways that situation gonna happen. And unfortunately for the family, she ended up dying. But do I think the officer responded incorrectly? And do I think the officer should be arrested and prosecuted for it? From what the information we have now, no. Well, to so go back to, to the point that you were just making, the answer that most people probably would give you is that what he could have done differently was shot her fewer times. Cause that's oh. where people, I think, there are certain people that came in like, he's wrong no matter what. And then there's a good majority of people that are at least a little bit realistic and understand that situation was too chaotic. He had to take action, but they begin to say it's excessive because of the amount of shots that he took. So I think that's probably the response you're gonna get eight out of 10 times about what he could have done differently. True. But at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> no one has the magic number of how many how many times to shoot somebody to actually stop a threat. So, I mean, honestly, four, I wouldn't say four shots is gonna be able to stop a threat. I don't know if it's, it depends on all the situation. So for someone to say, oh, he shouldn't have shot her so many times. If he shot her three times, would she have stopped? Maybe if he shot her three times, would she have stopped? Or if she shot her one time, would she have stopped? I don't know, possibly, possibly not, but it's kind of hard to put a number on it. Like, oh, well, he should have shot her three times instead of four times. 
he could have still died from three shots and then people would have been arguing, oh, he should have shot it two times. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard point to argue. And like I said, it's unfortunate all the way around. I think as a regular citizen, you look at that and you'll say, well, she's 16. One shot is probably going to at least stop her from doing whatever it is that she's doing as opposed to all the shots that it took. But us not being trained, us not seeing all the time how people react to a single shot or two shots or whatever, we're just going to jump to those conclusions because we don't actually see stuff like that on a regular basis. I mean, your, your average cop hasn't shot. I'm pretty, I would take a guess and say that cop probably never shot anybody before. Just by the numbers. He possibly may have. I don't know, but by the numbers. Right, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying like, that he and his, he himself has shot someone, but you've been in situations like whether you had to tase someone or you saw someone get tased, that you're able to have a general idea of how someone might react to a certain amount of force. And everybody's different. And you had mentioned this, the videos earlier about people getting tased and they're not bothering them, people getting shot and not bothering them. I've seen those videos mm-hmm. too, but most of those videos that I saw were people that were like on drugs, like not average True. people that are just out and about getting shot and then just walking through it, eating them. Yeah. And at the same time, like you said, like she was 16, probably didn't have a shoot that many times. I'm pretty sure that cop had no idea that she was 16. All he seen was somebody trying to stab somebody. At that and point, it's second, that's not, I just feel like. I'm thinking about that. No, I'm thinking about stopping the deadly force that's occurring, that's and actively you, happening. I'm not thinking about, hey, she's 16, maybe it'll take two shots, maybe it'll take three, yeah. maybe it'll take four. But I, and once again, I'm not a cop, so I don't think that's that much to process, though. Unless she's, there are plenty of teenagers that look way older than they are, you can't tell. But These teenagers look older than me, bro. Right, but I'm saying, if you, if, if, if there's a situation where you come in and you see somebody, you can clearly tell around that age, like, I would assume, in my mind, I would think I don't necessarily need to shoot them four times in order to stop a threat. Yeah, yeah but back to Scooby's point, though, like, who's to say that, like I said, it's unfortunate all around, but, like, who's to say that four shots? It's just hard to say maybe, but, I, like, in that split second, Maybe I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do four shots. I, I just I'm, as a cop, if I'm thinking as a cop, and I come into a situation like that, and I'm actively seeing something play out as deadly as that could have been for multiple parties, I'm trying to eliminate that force from happening. If it hap- if it took two, if it took three, if it took four. But at, it, at the same time, it's hard. Something told him that four shots was enough because you stopped after four. Unless that was all he had. I don't I didn't watch it fully, so maybe he had more that he could have let off. But there was something in him that said, Okay, four was enough. Right? Yeah. I mean at at so there's something I mean, that, that he's, point, off, he's going off of something. Something is telling him this is enough. Three wasn't enough, but four now is enough. There's something. I me personally, in my time of working in law enforcement, I've never shot anybody. So I couldn't tell you what exactly he's seen that made him choose four shots instead of five four shots instead of three to be honest I, I have no idea what he could chose I mean you you look for the threat to stop so I may be at the point of four shots is when he realized where he was able to recognize that she was no longer trying to stab her and I mean it takes a while for that brain to process that information so maybe maybe she stopped stabbing her at two shots and he wasn't able to process that information until he let off two more rounds 
I mean, I understand that's a lot to process. Just, yeah, just on the contrary of that, there is something one way or another that's going to stop you and say, okay, this is enough. And maybe it was her reaction. Maybe he didn't, he didn't get the reaction yeah. that made him know whatever until four shots. But I can, I can absolutely off, people that say I feel like when he let off the first two, the knife was like almost at girl's neck or in that general area. So like, so that means like he, he let off the four shots and at the he's and at as he was shooting, like she stopped trying to stab her, and he stopped shooting. It wasn't as if he, as if she stopped stabbing her, and he was still like putting rounds into her. Like she, he stopped, she stopped. So, I'm assuming like that's what he processed when he seen it. Like, all right, she's no longer trying to stab her. I don't need to shoot her anymore. And it happened to be four rounds when he realized that. I can understand people's argument more so if like she stopped stabbing, and he was still shooting her while she was on the ground, and that. I would understand that argument a little bit more why he had to shoot her four times. But at least from the way the video looked, he stopped shooting her when she stopped trying to stab Yeah, I mean... And at the same time, it's like, it's... Like you said, in the heat of the moment, you're not going to be sitting there counting rounds where you're like, all right, boom, one shot. Nope, still she's still going, boom, two shots. She's still going, boom, three shots. She's still going, boom, four shots. Okay, she stopped, she stopped shooting. You don't have that luxury of, like, waiting in between shots. To see if she the if she stopped trying to stab her. Something I mean, I've I've seen a bunch of other videos where like cops have continued to shoot somebody even though the threat has stopped and it's gone. Like I would say, like I said, I can't speak for all cops, but I say most of them carry sixteen rounds in the mag and one in the chamber. I can't speak for all cops. But I've seen cops unload entire mag on people whether they were holding a knife, holding a gun, shooting at somebody, but I've seen unload off the tire mag on somebody and whether it was deemed excessive or not, I'm not sure, but for him to, for him to let off four shots and see how it happened in the video, I don't think it was excessive for him to shoot her four times. Yeah. I can't get, like, I can't get out of, like, putting my daughter into the situation. And And it's it's crazy because, like, people always, people with their say like if that was my daughter I won't want that cop shooting her he should have tased her or he should have tried to de-escalate the situation but at the same time you flip that and you put your daughter or your loved one in the situation of the person about to be stabbed what would you want that officer to do would you want your officer to stop that situation by shooting the person trying to stab your daughter or would you want the officer to tase her or would you want the officer to try to de-escalate the situation by talking to them while she's trying to stab her so it's like I said, it's it's a complicated situation all the way around where you can take either side and argue it. And not that you're going to be wrong or right, but you can make your points on either side of the, on the uh, argument. One last question, going back to something you said before about me and deadly force with deadly force. Mm-hmm. So when you're, as a cop, shooting, you're shooting to kill or you're shooting to neutralize. You're, you're shooting to stop the threat. If you were shooting to kill, I would, like if, like, like I said, she shot her four times, she stopped stabbing, he stopped shooting. If he was shooting to kill, if he wanted her dead and to know she was dead, he would have walked up on her and shot her in the head if you were shooting to kill. Well, no. It just so, it just so happened. So, that's what, realistic... what I'm saying. If you're shooting. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I, that, was, that was a bit extreme. I, I would say that. Right. But, Realistically, you're not doing that, being a cop, because you know what the consequences of that are. But you also yeah. have an idea of 
this many shots to a certain area more than likely is going to be life-threatening. Un unfortunately, yes. Most times when people get shot in the general mass area, which is like their chest area, there's a bit of possibility that they're going to die. Right. And that's where they so, train you to shoot. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a lot that goes into it. No, it, 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 it 100% is. But at the same time, like I said, you're trained to stop the threat and not to kill because, say, you shoot somebody four times in the chest or you shoot somebody two times in the chest, if they stop trying to stab that person or they stop doing whatever they're trying to do, shoot the person or whatever, you're not going to continue shooting that person. If they stop, the, threat is, the threat is stopped, you're calling for medical attention, you're doing whatever you got to do to keep that person alive. If you were shooting to kill, you wouldn't be trying to keep that person alive for the wrong time. The, the other example I gave was a bit extreme. Of course, no one's going to do that. But... Like I said, if even if you still happen, like if you're shooting somebody and you shoot them in the leg and they stop trying to shoot somebody or stab somebody, you're not going to keep shooting them. If you shoot somebody, you happen to hit them in the shoulder and they stop trying to stab or shoot somebody, you're not going to continue to shoot them if you can recognize the fact that the threat is stopped, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's unfortunate because, because getting shot nine to ten times is going to lead to dying. So it seems like, oh, cops are shooting to kill people, which isn't necessarily the case. It's the stop threat, and it's just, it kind of goes with the, you shoot the firearm, it's usually going to kill somebody, unfortunately. A lot of, a lot it, of, it, it, I, I, I get it. A lot of what I've been saying about it, about the situation too, is that, you know, everybody is saying, you know, when it comes, and we've seen these type of videos, when it comes to, these officers coming up to white people, like literally we've seen videos of, you know, a white guy or whoever, they got a gun out and they're, the officer is fighting with this person or they got a knife, they're fighting with this person or they, they're trying other ways to de-escalate this besides shooting them. And then when it comes to us, you literally, shooting us is the only way to stop us. Yeah, and I, and I've probably seen some of the videos we talk about and I remember watching some of those videos about, yo, he should shot and, that dude. Yeah, and it's like, like there's no way I'm tussling with a guy or talking with a guy like I would shout. Me personally, like me watching that, working in law enforcement, being trained in law enforcement, I I know watching those videos myself. I'm like, yo, there's no way I was just sitting there talking to some guy like this. Yeah, I remember watching a video. It was this guy chasing an officer around. I think he had like a gun or a bat in his hand, and just they just running in a circle. He literally was just chasing him. It's like, <laughs> bro, like you know what I mean, like. And literally, if that was somebody black, they would they just would shot. I don't think that's. Where, I, mean, I think. <clears throat> well, that, I think that's where Scooby was saying earlier about like those cops' biases and thought processes behind that. Yeah. yeah, like in no situation, those cops are assholes, and you know where they stand if the cards are flipped. But then, like this particular, like I, like I said, I don't put all cops in the same bar. Like I, I, just, I just don't. I just feel like there, there are bad ones, and there's asshole ones, and there's good ones that. And there's ones that just make what they feel is the, the right decision in that moment. And it sucks because, like I was saying to my point earlier, is that we always see the bad side. We don't see the good side. So it's hard to, like, put everybody in that, in that one space and base all your decision-making off of that. Yeah. Like I said, it's, like I said, the underlying bias and biases for – police officers and just people in general of like just how whether it's black people inner city 
or just in general, like in terms of dealing with black people, it's like people have underlying biases that affect them every day, just like we have our own underlying biases on certain things and like, but it sucks when it becomes to a police officer's perspective because you hold so much power when it comes to the law, whether it's enforcing it to lock somebody up, to shoot somebody, or anything like that, where it starts to affect the job, where you might have, like you said, you have a video of a white person chasing somebody with a bat, or not somebody, chasing the cop with a bat, and the cops like running away. I think I remember seeing that video a while ago. I think it was a knife yeah. or bat, or like a two by four or something like that. And he's like literally chasing them around. Okay. And the cops like pretty much playing like tag with the dude. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, this, I, I remember watching that video and thinking like, yo, this cop is bugging out. Because it takes that cop a trip and he started beating him over the head with it and you're, you're done. Yeah, yeah. But then, like you said, then you see videos like where you have this black person being unarmed or a black person with a knife or a black person with a bat and the officer's first reaction is to shoot that person. Which again, I mean, it's not the same officer in the two different situations. So you can't say oh, well, it's all cops are like that. But at the same time, it's definitely, there's definitely a bias when it comes to some cops, how they view black people or inner city people. And it's definitely, it's definitely something that has to be worked on. And it, honestly, it's something that I've seen in training myself that it has been trying to be worked on, but I don't think it's, it's such a necessity for other departments. I don't think they push it as much as certain, certain other PDs do. Definitely think there's bias, but I also think you got to look at it situation by situation. And I know it's, it, it'll be an unpopular opinion, but I don't necessarily have an issue with the cop who's, I mean, I'm not going to let somebody chase me around with a, a knife or whatever. But to me, that those situations typically are a little bit different when it's me and me as a cop and whatever person I'm trying to apprehend versus me and someone trying to hurt someone else. So there's different level of action that needs to be taken to protect their life. Cause I can handle myself as a cop with this one person. Mm -hmm. I can figure this out. But when it comes to a situation like that, I got to do what I got to do to protect the other person that's in danger. So I can see the difference there. And I think a lot of people are able to see that difference. But like I said, I think the, the, the issue mainly is the excessive force that people feel like he took with that. I get, I get your point, but I guess at least I think the video that me and school were referring to, I already shot that guy. Nah, nah <laughs> you know, I, I said that at the beginning. I'm not going to let a, a dude just chase me around. Yeah. Nah, I, I get what you're saying, because like, a lot of times people, I don't say most people, but like, I, some people don't understand that as a cop, you show up to a situation like that, you like you got to do something. You just can't walk away and be like, ah, shit, I don't know what to do. Like, I just stand there and freeze or just decide to get your patrol car and drive off like you said you're trying to protect somebody else at that point so you gotta do something why are you telling me? why are you keep laughing bro yeah it's just some of the delivery is funny <laughs> well i'm just i'm just being real about it because no. even i would say even even say like in a traffic stop you pull somebody over and they're giving you a bunch of lip and oh you shouldn't give me over blah 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 like in that situation, honestly, if it's not, if it's literally just a traffic violation, like you do your whole checks and stuff and they don't have no warrants or it's nothing like you got to search your car. It's like something as simple as running a stop sign. If somebody just giving you lip and they give you the whole, 
oh, I want your badge number, or they start recording you and all stuff. Like, you have the choice to be like, you know what, just have a good day. Like, I'm not dealing with this right now. You have the choice to do that. You have that discretion. But, like, in a situation in Ohio, like, you, you got to do something in that situation. Wrong, right, or indifferent. you got to choose something to do. You just can't decide, like, oh, well, nope, I'm not doing nothing. Or have a good one, see you later. Like, he, you got to choose to do something. Like, a, that quick, pretty much 20-second video, but, like, the five or six seconds that he had to process all information he had in front of him, it, like I said, it sucks that she died and, like, the whole situation, or, like, the whole backstory to it. But, I mean, he had to do something. I think we have some other stuff to get to. We might have to hold it off till next episode. We push in probably an hour already at this point, so. Damn. I mean, yeah. whenever we get to talking about that stuff, it gets a little, a little intense. So, I'm feeling this is gonna go. Just make me get my law enforcement bag and shit. <laughs> I mean, it's important. It's good to have perspective of somebody who was, for lack of a better term, on the other side. <laughs> on the other side, that, that makes it sound terrible, but I get it. So much stuff going on that is, man, got to be talked about, man. Like, especially with all of this, like, it's it's literally been. From what I've seen, like a shooting every day Darn. since uh, since the, um, the verdict. It's crazy, man. I, I've been not, I'm trying to stay off of social media just because I'm just like, what I'm going to see today. Bro, I couldn't, I didn't, I try to stay away from the trial for the most part. I stayed away from watching the Ohio video for a while until it like kept popping up in my timeline. And I was like, all right, I got to watch this. I don't really watch much of anything anymore. It's- it's getting to be too much. Let's we can close it out here, man. Um, start next week off on a on a lighter note. Hopefully, nothing crazy happens between now and next. I won't hold, I won't uh, hold my breath to be honest, but let's, let's hope next bro. week. But, uh, yeah, this was a good episode to talk about everything that's been going on, man. Yeah, just you know, try to keep your head up and do the same, and stay positive as much as we can. Um, Everybody that's listening, y'all do the same. Catch us next week. I'm school. Got my boy Beans, Biz, Tills here in the School in the Game podcast. And we out. Yeah, be safe.